then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. What's up, everybody? This is Chad with the Bible Disciple Podcast. And this passage right here where Jesus calls the four gentlemen, the first four of his disciples to come and follow me. When I was a new believer, this used to astound me when I read this. Because not knowing the history and not knowing what has happened before and taking these these verses out of contents... You read this passage and you think to yourself, you know, like, wow, Jesus must have been a real charismatic type of individual or his holiness that was in him just kind of, you know, poured out of him because, you know, if you read this just separate by itself, it shows that Jesus is walking along the shore at the Sea of Galilee And just out of the blue, he sees two guys fishing. And he says, hey, come, follow me. And then the Bible says that they immediately followed him. And then it says he goes on even further. And he sees two more gentlemen, brothers, with their father mending the nets, fixing the nets. And he says again, come, follow me. And again, the Bible says immediately they dropped their nets. They left not only their job, but they left their father as well and then followed Jesus. So when I heard this, I thought to myself, wow, I mean, these guys didn't know each other. And all of a sudden Jesus shows up and he's like, follow me. And how extraordinarily that these guys just obeyed God the Father and without hesitation and without knowing him, just followed him. Like, that is a true calling. And then I kind of thought a little bit down the road when I started learning more about the Bible. I thought, well, isn't this kind of um, like hypocritical of Jesus? You know, they are working with their father, the two brothers with their father Zebedee. And it's a family business. And the Lord says that you're supposed to honor your mother and your father So why is Jesus asking these two guys to immediately leave their father and the family business and then come and follow me? I thought, well, that that doesn't seem right. That seems strange. And how did these guys just all of a sudden just drop everything and then follow Jesus? Like, what was it in Jesus? Or, Or like, did they see like glowing, you know, flames of fire come from his eyes? I mean... Like, what was it that they, was it the pulling of the Holy Spirit 
Was it the pulling of God that they just immediately said, hey, yes, I will follow you? Because to be honest with you, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, follow me, you're going to look around and go, whoa, what? Who are you? Like, dude, I don't know you. I'm not going to follow you. So when we find out about these verses right here, we're going to find out that they already knew Jesus. And then that, this is what is what this story is going to be about today is I'm asking you to follow Jesus. And the only way that you can follow Jesus is that if you know Jesus. And the only way that you can know Jesus is by reading his word, reading the Bible, sitting down at his feet like Mary did when Martha was running around doing all the good deeds. Mary was sitting at his feet, listening to his words. And Martha even gets upset in the story and says, Jesus, tell my sister Mary to help me. And Jesus said, she is doing the better of these things. She is doing the better thing that you are doing. And what she is doing, nobody can take from her. So I'm encouraging you guys, you're not going to follow Jesus if you don't know who he is. So Jesus and myself, I'm asking you to follow God, follow Christianity. But again, you're not going to follow somebody or something that you don't know about. And the only way you can know about it is by sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. So let's get into the notes of this story right now. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him. Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? Rabbi, where are you staying? Rabbi means teacher. Come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon. We have found the Messiah. Messiah means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon son of John, but you will be called Cephas. Okay, let's read 18, 19, and 20 again real quick. It says that one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Like I said, when I heard that, I thought, Wow, that's, I mean, that's crazy. You know, that's really powerful. Look how powerful God is. Although God is powerful, but let's, let's understand the verse. Let's understand the Bible. Let's understand what we're reading and what God is saying here. So now the notes in the NLT say this for 18 through 20. 
it says that these men already knew Jesus. He had talked to Peter and Andrew previously in John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. So let's cover that. Let's listen to those readings real quick. Okay, so here it says, <clears throat> these men already knew Jesus, okay? He had talked to Peter and Andrew and had been preaching in the area. When Jesus called them, they knew what kind of man he was and they were willing to follow him. That's what I said earlier. You're not going to follow Jesus if you don't know who he is. And the only way to know who he is is by reading the Bible every day, spending time with Jesus. People tell me all the time, well, I spend time with Jesus. I pray all the time. Okay, that's you talking. Okay, you know, and we'll get into prayer some other time. But, you know, praying is good. Don't get me wrong. But if you notice, prayer is pretty much a one-sided conversation with God. Although God speaks to you in prayer, in your heart, you understand what he's saying to you. But for the most part, you're the one babbling. You're the one constantly talking. You're asking for stuff. You're asking for protection over your family, your friends. You're asking for this job to go through, more money. I mean, whatever you're asking for, you're constantly asking God for stuff. Now, when you read the Bible, that is you shutting up and listening to God. You are not saying a word when you read the Bible. And I encourage you guys, when you read it, read it out loud so that you hear and feel the word of God. It's like a double, a double whammy. So when you're reading the Bible, you're being quiet and God's doing all the talking and as dumb as we are, we need that. We need to listen to God. We need to keep our mouths shut and listen to what God has to say to us and what he is telling us to do. Because remember, it says, only the ones who go into heaven are the ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. You can't do the will of the Father if you're not listening to what the Father is saying. So stop talking and get into the word and let him speak to you. Now, historians say back here in in John chapter 1 verse 37 it says this when uh <clears throat> it says when John's two disciples heard this they had followed Jesus now going back to Matthew when Jesus is walking on the shore and he calls essentially the two teams there's two brothers Okay, there is Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew. And then the other team, there are also brothers. So essentially, it's like two teams. You have Peter and Andrew, and then you have James and John. Now, historians say that when it says here, that these, see, all four of these guys were disciples of John the Baptist. You gotta remember, John the Baptist had already been preaching. He had been paving the road for Jesus. Talking about, you know, there's somebody who's coming, you know, I baptize with water, but he baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire, meaning hell. 
And he's saying, but there is one who's coming. I am not the Messiah. There's one who's coming that is greater than I am. And I'm not even worthy enough to tie his sandals. Now, these four guys, these two teams, Simon and Andrew, brothers, and then James and John, brothers, they had been disciples of John the Baptist, and they had heard John the Baptist preaching. Now, when Jesus got baptized by John the Baptist, these four guys were there, and they saw this happening. Because John the Baptist says, hey, look, it's the Lamb of God. There he is. Like John the Baptist, his job was just to point everybody to Jesus. It wasn't to glorify John the Baptist. John the Baptist, his job was to point to Jesus. So when Jesus came abroad and came forth, then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, follow him. That is the Messiah. That is, who's, that is who I've been talking about. Now I am pointing to him for you guys now to leave me and follow him. So historians say that in verse 37 of John chapter 1, where it says, when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Now the two disciples the historians say were Andrew from team one, one of the two brothers, and then John from team two, another one of the two brothers, one of the sons of Zebedee. So these two guys had seen and heard Jesus. And when they heard what John the Baptist said, that they had followed Jesus. And then later on it says, Jesus replies to them, to these guys and goes, hey, what do you want? When these two disciples began to follow Jesus, and he asked them, what do you want? Listen, following Christ is not enough. We must follow him for the right reasons. To follow Christ for our own purposes would be asking Christ to follow us, to align with us, to support our advances for our cause, not his. We must examine our motives for following him and seeking his glory, not ours. So when you're following Jesus, why are you following Jesus? Remember, there's, there's stories, and we'll get into these stories later. Remember the, the feeding of the 5,000? It says that you know Jesus took the two loaves of bread or the two fish and the five loaves of bread and he made 12 baskets that were overfilling. He fed over 5,000 men plus women and children. So again, historians say it could have been you know anywhere from eight to 10,000 plus. Um, when he fed these people all this food, it says the next morning, they had followed Jesus. So all these thousands of people had followed Jesus. And then the next morning they wake up looking for their, quote, meal ticket, you know, thinking, wow, he, he served a great dinner. I can't wait for what, what breakfast is going to be. I mean, eggs, bacon, some sausage, pancakes. Like, I wonder what he's going to, you know, miraculously conjure up for breakfast because I'm starving. But then that's when God broke it down and said, hey, you know, if you're going to follow me, you need to eat my blood. I mean, eat my body, drink my blood, and do all this. And when they found out that he's not serving any physical food, but spiritual food, to them, Jesus was not enough on the menu. That was not enough for them. So the Bible says that many had fallen away. 
So they were only following Jesus because they were hungry and he was a free meal ticket. So they were just looking to get fed, not spiritually fed, but physically fed. They wanted to see what's in it for them. That's why they were following Jesus. So you got to ask yourself the same question. Why are you following Jesus? So that you get into heaven? I mean, that's great. Everybody wants to get into heaven. But if that's the reason why you're following Jesus, <clears throat> you're not going to succeed. You're not, you're not going to go anywhere with getting to know God, know Christ, know who Jesus is. Because it's all about you. You're not following him because it's about him. You're following him because it's about you. Listen, the more time we spend getting to know Christ, the more we will understand and appreciate who he is. I've said it before, the more you read the Bible, the more you're going to want to read the Bible. The more time you spend with somebody, the more you love that person. Same as my wife and I. When we first met, I wasn't in love with her. I didn't know her. I liked her. I thought she was cool. You know, she looked pretty. Um, you know, it seemed like we had some things in common. So I, I needed to take some time to get to know her. You know, I didn't sit there and go, wow, man, this this lady right here, this is going to be my wife. Definitely going to be my wife. That's not what I thought. I thought, oh, this lady's kind of cool. And um, let's just see how that goes. So the more time that I had spent with my wife, you know, a girlfriend at that time, the more time I had spent with her, the more I got to know her. And the more I got to know her, the more I loved her. And now my love for her is unconditional. Like now my love for her, that love for my wife is what drives me to do the things that I do. That love for my wife is what drives me to not cheat on my wife. You know, we're all men or women, whoever's listening to this. By your own power, you are not going to not cheat on somebody. If you're seeing somebody and you don't love that person, you're just, you're seeing them because, I don't know, they make a lot of money. They have a nice house. They have a nice car. They got a great job. Um, they're good in the bed. You know, whatever the reason is, you're, you don't love that person. You are following that person and you're being with that person because of what it benefits you. So when somebody better comes along with more money or better in bed or whatever the case is, has more stuff, bigger house, better cars, you are going to not hesitate and you're going to cheat on that person that you're with. Why? Because it's all about you. You're following that person because of what that person can do for you. It's just like with Jesus. If you're following Jesus for what God can do for you, the first time that he doesn't give you what you want, you're going to be the first one who stops going to church. You're going to stop reading the Bible. You're going to stop praying. You're going to stop everything. You're going to stop following Jesus because you know what? He didn't give me what I want. So you know what? I'm not doing this no more. You know what? You can have that Christianity. You can, you can have your Bible. You can have your church, whatever. You can have this podcast. I'm not following him no more. I'm not listening to him no more. I'm not doing this no more because I didn't get what I wanted. And that's why I was following Jesus because I wanted what I wanted. And he didn't give it to me, 
So you know what? I'm bouncing. I'm out. So wrapping this up, Matthew 4 verse 21 says, A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Remember, these guys knew who Jesus was. According to the ESV, the study notes that I read in there said that these guys had already known Jesus for a year. They had spent time with him. They had heard him preaching within the course of that year in the synagogue. See, this starts Jesus' public ministry. This is where he goes to the streets and preaches. Beforehand, he had already been preaching, but only in the synagogues. So only the Jewish people were hearing Jesus preach. The Gentiles were not hearing him yet because he was not yet doing his public ministry. This is the beginning of his public ministry. When he calls the disciples to come and follow me because we're about to go and spread the word to the Gentiles as well. So these guys being Jewish descent had already been for a year now had been hearing Jesus preached. So they knew who Jesus was. And the whole point of this story is that these fishermen followed Jesus because they knew who Jesus was. And that's what I am trying to imply to you guys. You will follow Jesus, but you need to know who he is. Don't take the word of some man behind a pulpit. You are not following Jesus if you go to church and listen to some guy talk about him for about an hour, maybe two. Or if you do Bible study on a Wednesday or a Thursday or what have you for like an hour or two. Those things help, but that's not knowing Jesus. You know, I know a lot about Mike Tyson because I used to be a boxer. I know a lot about Mike Tyson. I can tell you everything there is about Mike Tyson. But I guarantee you, though, if I was to walk up to Mike Tyson's house, knock on his door, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to call the police. He's going to tell me, hey, man, get out of here. I don't know you. You don't want God to do the same thing to you. All right? I know a lot about Mike Tyson, but I don't know Mike Tyson. And, and more importantly, he don't know me. Okay? So just because you know a lot about God, that doesn't mean you're getting into heaven. What's God going to say to you? I don't know you. We never spent time together. You never sat at my feet and listened to my words. You didn't do my will because you never listened to what my will was. You know, you were no part of me. It's like John 15, chapter 15 speaks about the vine, the branches in the vine, that they will, be, they will bear fruit when they're connected to the vine. If you're connected to Jesus, you will bear fruit of being a Christian. Going to church or going to Bible study is not bearing fruit. Okay, that doesn't make you a Christian. Just like me standing inside a garage doesn't make me a car. I can sit there and tell you all day long that I'm a doctor, but if I've never studied to be a doctor, read how to be a doctor, then I'm not a doctor. Just because I say I'm a doctor doesn't make me a doctor. Just because you say you're a Christian does not make you a Christian. And that's what I say before. You cannot stand in front of God, in front of man, in front of anybody and claim that you are a Christian without reading the Bible, without listening and hearing 
from God and doing his will. Just because you go to church and just because you're from a Christian family, just because you went to a Christian school, just because you watch Joel Osteen, which is not a Christian, just because you watch Joel Osteen on YouTube or, or, or whoever, that does not make you a Christian. You have to spend personal time with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to, every single day, spend time in the Bible. I don't know if you're married, single, dating somebody, but could you imagine if if you think about your girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, fiancé, husband, wife, whoever, or even your kids, could you imagine thinking that they that they that they love you, but they spend no time with you whatsoever? If your wife or husband or whoever you have in your mind, think about this. Could you honestly sit there and go, wow, that, that, that person really, truly loves me? I mean, although, you know, every chance I get, I try to ask them to spend time with me and they don't. But, I, you know, I know they love me. Well, how do you know they love you? Why, because they said they love you? I mean, anybody can lie and you can even lie to yourself. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 says to uh, verse 5, examine yourself. To make sure you are in the faith. Don't be deceived. Don't deceive yourself. You will lie so much that you will actually start believing your own lie. That's how clever the devil is. He's going to make you want to think that, yeah, no, 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 you're a Christian. You know why? Because you said that little, that sinner's prayer. And you got baptized. And the guy at the pulpit at church, you know, the one that has all the degrees on the wall. Well, he told you you're saved. So I oh, don't worry about it, man. Just go ahead and live your life. Do your thing. And when you die, God's got you. That's what he wants you to think. Like I said before, he's going to want you to go to church. He's going to want you to read the Bible. Satan don't care that you go to church or read the Bible. What he does care about is when you understand the Bible and you do what the Bible says. Then he gets pissed. That's when he gets angry and upset. So... If you are standing there right now or sitting there listening to this podcast and you call yourself a Christian and you say that you are going to heaven and you do not read the Bible, listen, man, that's not true. You're not a Christian and you're not going to go to heaven just because somebody told you you were. You have to get into the word of God. Okay, discipline yourself. Get the Holy Spirit in you, because when you get the Holy Spirit truly in you, you will have a burning desire to read the Bible. Just like I love my wife now, so I have that burning desire not to hurt my wife. So when somebody comes up to me, when another woman comes up to me and tempts me to cheat on my wife, it's not the power of me that says no to that woman. It's the power of the love inside of me that says no to that woman. If I did not love my wife, I'd be like, yeah, sure, girl, let's do this. You know, it's all about me. But because my love is all about my wife, that love is what gives me strength to become superhuman. Out of my own strength, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say yes to that woman because it's about me. But because of that love that I have for my wife, that love makes me a superhuman. So when somebody 
who has more stuff, looks better, more money, whatever the case is, comes to me and says, hey, boy, let's do this. That love inside of me goes, absolutely not. I don't want to, and I'm not going to because I'm not going to hurt my wife. You see, I made it about her, not about me. Because if it was about me, I'd be like, all right, word, right? It's the same with Jesus. When you truly get the Holy Spirit in you, you're not going to sit there and go, oh, man. Kidding me? I got to read the Bible again today? I mean, I, I read it yesterday and the day before. Isn't that enough for like the week, right? I mean, I, I read like three chapters. I mean, I should be good, you know, I should be good for about a month. You know, I've never in my life read three chapters. So, you know what? I could take a break today. I, I could take a couple of days off and then, then I'll probably pick up another chapter by Saturday. There's going to be a desire inside of you that's been like, man, I, I, I've got to sit down at God's feet. I've got to sit down and listen to Jesus. I'm, I'm earning and I'm yearning to, to know more about Jesus. You know, I want to know more what he has to say. Like I, I, I'm, I'm burning with this desire to listen to him and to read the Bible. I've never had this before. That's where you will be. That love inside of you for God because it's not about you. You're not following God because of what you get out of it. You're following God because you love God for what he has done for you. That sounds confusing, right? But you realize that Jesus truly loves you because he didn't have he doesn't need you. God has been God before you were alive. And let me tell you something, sport. You think you're all that in a bag of chips, you think you're a real important person. Do you know that when you die and you stop breathing and they bury you, you know this world's not gonna stop. It's gonna keep on going. It's gonna do its everyday business with you here or with you not here. You're just going to die. The world's going to keep going and somebody's going to get all your stuff. So we are nothing unless we have God inside of us. Even when presidents and kings die, they mourn for about a day or two. But guess what? The world keeps going. As important as these people are, the world keeps going. They mourn for a little bit, and it just keeps on rolling right over them. And after time has gone by, everybody forgets about them. Everybody gets tied up in their own world. So to know if you want to follow God, and you want to be a Christian, and you want to go to heaven, you must read the Bible. Get on your knees and ask God to forgive you of your sins. Every day you should repent. That's not a one-time deal. Your repentance should be every single solitary day. Even as a Christian, you're going to mess up and you're going to sin. You're not going to keep habitually sinning, doing the same thing over and over, but you're going to screw up. You're going to say a bad thing. You're going to think a bad thing. You're going to do a bad thing. But that conviction of the Holy Spirit would be like, hey, man, you did this. You broke God's heart. You know you need to apologize to God about that. And maybe possibly that person. You know what? You're right. So every day, repent of your sins. And if you don't think you're saved, love God and know who he is. And get on your knees and ask for forgiveness. Not because you want to go to heaven, but because you broke God's heart. All right? Follow God for him. Not for your purposes. 
And when the Holy Spirit dwells in you for following him and repenting from your sins for the correct way and the correct manner, then the Holy Spirit will enter you. And then you will have a burning desire to read the Bible. It will be something you want to do, not something you have to do. All right, everybody. I love you. I hope you have a great day today. Listen, get into the Word. If you need a Bible, you can hit me up at the Bible Disciple at yahoo.com. That's the Bible Disciple at yahoo.com. I'm also on Facebook and um, at the Bible Disciple. I have a page. And just hit me up. If you need a Bible, just, give me, just hit me up and I'll send you a Bible. If you want something discussed in the Bible, if you want something explained to you, how to be saved, repentance, um, whatever it might be, hit me up, send me an email, and we'll discuss it. All right? All right, everybody, be strong. Stay strong in the Lord. And remember, read your Bible. And don't just read your Bible, but do your Bible. All right, peace out.